As I begin my sermon, I want you to just take a look at this video to kind of introduce our topic for this morning. For over 25 years, Open Doors has been producing the World Watch List, which ranks the top 50 countries where it's most difficult to be a Christian. The list is compiled by a group of experts, audited by an outside organization specializing in religious freedom, and is the best and most authoritative list of its kind. Through on-the-ground interviews and data analysis, it provides an accurate picture of the difficulties persecuted Christians face around the world. For each country, the list looks at a variety of factors persecuted Christians endure in their public and private lives, such as persecution from the government, the community, and even from their own families. Open Doors estimates that in the top 50 countries alone, over 245 million believers face intimidation, prison, and even death. That is one in nine Christians worldwide. But the list is not just numbers and figures. It represents those who have decided to follow Jesus no matter the cost. We believe there is only one body of Christ, and when one part suffers, every part suffers. We hope you feel called to learn more and pray for the millions of believers around the world where persecution is a daily reality. I want you to be aware that suffering is normal for the Christian in the fallen world. That the Bible teaches and prepares us as believers for suffering as kind of the norm in our Christian journey. This is why the Bible, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he said, they will hate you as they hated me. When Peter, writing his epistle, wrote, don't be surprised at the fiery trials. Scott, if you don't mind sh shooting up, Revelations 21.4, it says this. It says, he will wipe away, speaking about the new earth in the eternity to come, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. It's speaking about heaven. But in the here and now, we live in the former things that's mentioned here, right? So our experience is the mourning, the crying, the pain, and the death. This is our reality. Can you relate with that? Yes? Yes, because I can, right? Because as a pastor, one of the things that I have to do, and it's a wonderful privilege, is to walk with people through death, through pain, through suffering. And there's just a lot of it. This is why Tim Keller, and I want you to really just hear these words, he says, suffering is actually at the heart of the Christian story. And this is the point of our passage this morning. I want you to read with me in Hebrews 11, verse 35. It says this, women receive back their dead by resurrection. So, up to this point, all victories, wonderful things that God has done because of faith. And then all of a sudden, it changes tone. And it says this, some were tortured, Refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. 
Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Did you know that tradition says that King Manasseh took prophet Isaiah and cut him in half because of his love for God? They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And I read those words. Does that rock you? That's just crazy. This is what Christians were experiencing. In the early church, Tacitus wrote about Nero and his persecution of Christians. Here's a little picture I want to show you. This is kind of a famous depiction of the suffering and the persecution under Nero. And this is what Tacitus wrote of stuff that Christians were experiencing under Nero. It said this, Nero lit Christians on fire in his garden. They dragged them around in chariots, threw them in bags with snakes, crucified them, placed them in animal skins on them, and threw them in arenas with wild beasts. And this was back then, but still today, I want you to know that this is happening. If you've been following what's happening in China currently, pastors are getting arrested. Churches are being demolished. Uh, there was a story I read on Voice of the Martyrs. And this is a picture of one woman, a Christian woman who was tortured. And they caught a picture of her. There was another woman 34-year-old Chinese woman who was arrested for distributing Bibles and gospel tracts. The authorities arrested her, tore out all her hair, beat her to death, and then they reported that she died of a sudden disease. I want you to know something. I want you to be aware that the heart of our story as Christians is suffering. See, we are blessed here in America because of the religious freedom that we have. We are blessed, and I want you to recognize it. We are blessed that we don't have to face this sort of persecution in an extreme way. But I want you to know that in your own particular ways, in this room, that you will all experience loss and suffering in your own personal way because the Bible prepares Christians for it. This is something that we need to be aware of so we don't fall into the wrong theology of faith, having faith, echoing comfort and echoing a problem-free life. Because that is just not biblical. So which leads us to point two. Point two is that there is a sustaining strength of faith in those that suffer. Because if you read this, maybe you think, that the list here exists because they suffered because they lacked faith. But the author of Hebrews says absolutely not. It's completely the opposite, right? Did you get it when we were reading it? If you read in verse 39, it says this about the list, that they were commended for their faith, right? Verse 38 says, the world was not worthy of them. 
Verse 35, they had faith and believed that there would be a better life that they would rise to. So, in short, it was not the lack of faith that resulted in these situations. I love what Chuck Swindoll says, if you don't mind shooting that quote up. It says this, when you suffer and lose, that does not mean you are being disobedient to God. In fact, it might mean you're right in the center of his will. The path of obedience is often marked by times of suffering and loss. And he's echoing what the Bible says, because if you read 2 Timothy 3.12, it says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So it was not the lack of faith, but I want you to understand something. Rather, it was the sustaining strength of faith in them that helped them to endure the suffering that they had to face. Did you get that? Whatever you go through, you need faith to provide endurance and sustenance so you can endure. This is from Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. And I want this to be the main meat of our meditation this morning. Because the prophet Isaiah is going to give us a truth in verse 3, and then he wants us to follow a command in verse 4. Okay? The truth is this. It says this. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So here's the truth. And I want you to meditate on this. Let this be the meat of your meditation this morning. There is a perfect peace that's available to you and I, that was available to the group that was suffering, that's mentioned in this text, because they trust in God. It's not found anywhere else in the world. But if you would just trust, there is a sustenance to endure well. And so because of that, because of that biblical truth, in verse 4, Isaiah, who was cut in half for his faith, he says this, this is the command for us. Verse 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. See, for the group that's listed here, they trusted, and because of that, they had peace even in reality that their world was chaos. You're going through something, I'm sure, that's your own personal chaos. Maybe today is not as chaotic as last year. Or maybe today is just a storm that is just rocking your vision of God. Wherever you are, I want you to realize that there is a perfect peace available to you that's found when you trust in our God. Amen? That whatever you're going through, that in God, if you trust in him, that there is an everlasting rock that will hold you up. This is why this verse exists. Because it wants to remind believers that 
whatever you go through. Faith sustains. The most amazing thing about this, in verse 39 it says this, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. You know what it's saying there? What was promised is Jesus, right? Messiah. And so this group trusted without having received Jesus. But for us, we received, we know Jesus came, became flesh, initiated a love relationship with you and I, right? We received what was promised. This leads us to point three. If you look at verse 40, I want you to realize something. That Jesus is better than even life itself. If you look at verse 40, it says this. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. That phrase, made perfect, is talking about salvation. That their salvation was complete when Jesus came, died on the cross, absolving sin and giving salvation past, present, and future. But for us, Jesus came, is our reality, and he is better than any other possession, life, or comfort in this world. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is all about. Did you know that? Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than Moses, the high priest, that there is a better covenant, promise, and salvation that's available in Jesus. The author of Hebrews is trying to point us to the fact that even though everything else gets stripped away in our life, we have what is better. We have the better life promise in eternity with Jesus. And currently today, Jesus is better than anything else we can experience or have in this world. And so when it gets taken away, it doesn't destroy your life. Because you have the most valuable pearl and possession. You know, I've been doing a lot of kind of just research this week based on kind of the persecuted church. I want you to take a look, because I want to share a story about our Iraqi brothers and sisters, believers, who are walking through suffering. And yet, because Jesus is better, they walk in joy. Take a look. Told a story that few could believe and none could explain. How some crazy fishermen agreed to go where Jesus led. No thought for what they would gain For Jesus had called them by name
drawn like the rivers, drawn to the sea. Bill's call will follow wherever he leads, because of the love he has shown. creed or cause and not for a dream or a promise but simply because it is Jesus who calls and if we believe so on the borders they took everything from them their gold their money their cards if she had a medicine they took it from we believe this is a time when the church has to do something and to have impact on the society. We have lost everything, but we gained Christ. And that gave us joy. My brothers and sisters, this is what this passage is talking about. You know, in 1 John 2.15, the Word of God says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. Not to, obviously you can live in it, enjoy it. It just says don't agape love it. Don't make it the best thing in your life. To realize that Jesus is better than anything else. And to have faith and to trust regardless of what we struggle with. See, what faith, true faith does, gives us proper perspective and lens to sustain and to endure well. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. We need to ask him for this sort of faith, this sort of perspective, so that whatever we go through, that we would not take for granted our freedom and just live for ourselves, but we would live for the best thing that God has ever provided, his son Jesus Christ for us. my prayer for us, that we would realize that there is an everlasting one who can provide perfect peace and balance and sustenance and faith regardless of what we go through, so that it does not shake us, but it just shapes us to more like his son, so that we would live as people. Ended for their faith by our Savior and Lord. Who live for the better life to come and not for the things that are passing here. Let's pray together.
Jesus, in your word, it tells us, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? And we see in these words, brothers and sisters, who lost everything, even their very life, for your name. Because they knew there was something so much better than what this world can offer. For us, I know that there are some of us in here maybe going through a very difficult time. Help them look to you because you are the provider of peace that transcends all understanding. God, that you are a God that is there, able to carry us through whatever this world might throw at us. That we would be people are able to see you as the most valuable thing in this world. And more than anything, we just love you, that you are available, that you love us, and that you care for us in a way that we don't deserve. 